E.T. phone home. I'm just having some brewski beers at my Mojo Dojo Casa house. Wendy, I'm home. There is no place like home. Welcome to the House of Cinema Podcast. I am your host, Joe Aragon. With me today, Clara Curtis. And in the house today, a discussion on the latest Sofia Coppola film, Priscilla. Before we begin, Clara, how are you? I'm good. I'm living the P&W dream with a lot of rain, and I'm having a lot of fun with it um, because this is my favorite weather. I don't have COVID anymore. <laughs> Congrats. Woo! No COVID, Clara. It's I, the best Clara. Yeah, I finally feel like a normal functioning person today. <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah, I'm I'm jazzed to be here. I'm ultra stoked to talk about Priscilla. Um, that's how I'm doing. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I am uh, fresh off watching... What did I watch last night? Oh, I'll, a you movie did. called John Wick Chapter 4. Not sure if yeah. anybody's heard of it, but yeah. I've seen it now four times in theaters. Wow. Aiming for a fifth time if they bring it back. But uh, yeah, so I watched that. I watched The Killer recently. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen Priscilla twice, and I'm I'm excited to talk about this movie. I think it's the first A24 movie in a while that I've been excited to talk about since like Talk to Me, essentially. And it's mm. the first time Coppola, we, I mean, last time Coppola had a movie was during the pandemic. So it's the first time on this mm-hmm. podcast, we've been able to really have a, a Coppola discussion. And that's yeah. really exciting as well. Very exciting. My question to you, I'm curious. You saw, well, okay, let, let's, uh, let's, let's rear back a little bit. Oh, okay. Pull it back a little bit. <laughs> you didn't even ask the question yet. You didn't even ask already... the question yet. <laughs> let's take, take a pause. I need to do my usual spiel. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I, I guess this movie doesn't matter as much, but spoiler alert. I don't know if there's going to be any oh. spoilers in this, but if in some reason you want to go into this movie blind, yeah. I'm not saying, I don't want to imply there's like a twist or anything like that. No. But if for some reason you don't want to um, know details about this movie, we will be discussing specifics. So if you want to mm-hmm. avoid that, you may want to pause and come back after you watch it. If cool. you don't mind, uh, go ahead and press on and continue to listen. Okay. Uh, that being said, I've seen Priscilla twice, but I saw mm-hmm. them under two special circumstances. Mm-hmm. I'm curious for you, as somebody who saw it as you know, as a movie that's come out now as a wide release, what was the audience like? Was it packed? Was it busy? What was the vibe? Um. Well, I always have uh, not the best <laughs> theater to like gauge off of because I work early morning. So I have the afternoons off. So like I saw a three 30 showing of this on a Friday. Oh um, Lord. Which is great for me because then there's less people, um, <laughs> which I prefer most of the time. Um, so honestly, I went in expecting it to just be me, but there were two other couples in there with me okay so i was okay. surprised that there were any there was anyone to be honest so i was like cool i got really excited i was like this is great <laughs> five people in the theater with five me people. um so yeah my my theatrical experience is very niche and little um i kind of most of the time go out of my way to 
go into screenings that it's like just me. Oh, wow. Um, For like COVID minimization, as well as mm-hmm. also just a lot of the time recently when I've been in the really packed theaters, my the- theater experiences aren't the best. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of disruptions. So I'm kind of doing more and more of I'll just go in the afternoon because I'm I just got off work. I might as well just pop in right now. Like, yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. But your theaters were packed, obviously, because they were like special. So, yeah. like, was it just like, do you think it was because we've talked about this before where you think you've mentioned before how sometimes, you know, at like premiere kind of stuff, like there's like that just the fact that you're in like a premiere environment kind of not warps, but changes the way people kind of respond. Oh, definitely. Do you feel like that was kind of the case with Priscilla? Or do you feel like it felt more genuine in any way? That's a great question. So the first screening I went to was like a special, um, you had to buy tickets to go to it. It wasn't like mm-hmm. a, an invitation I received. Um, well, that's a lie. I did, I did get an invitation to go to it, but <laughs> everybody, but most, most of the other people had to buy tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> It was like a, a, a screening with a Sofia Coppola Q&A right after. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen the, the, the picture that's trending on Twitter oh, of I've her walking it. down the aisle. Yeah. And everybody's like, look at all the men. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I'm there. I'm not, you can't see me, fortunately. No, I, it's so funny because you sent me the shot where you can see you and you're like, that's me. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. And then I saw the picture trending on Twitter and I was like, I kind of looked for a second. I was like, this is a different picture. Jail's on it. It's fine. <laughs> It's like I'm all the way in the back. Where yeah. You can't even see my face. You just see like the top of my, my baseball cap. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was at that screening. That was a screening in L.A. at the mm-hmm. uh, Arrow Theater. And um, so that was interesting because everybody was there is like a major Coppola fan. Mm. Like everybody is huge Sofia Coppola fan. They love her right. movies. And they were clearly very excited to watch Priscilla and see uh Coppola herself you know do a Q&A afterwards mm-hmm. so that uh, I can say everybody there it was a full house every seat was sold out uh it was wow. packed and everybody was very enthusiastic about being there the second time I saw it was a more premiere environment because this movie does have a SAG uh interim waiver mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they were allowed to talk about the movie they allowed to have premieres Jacob Elordi and Kaylee Spaney are out there promoting it and doing interviews so Congrats to them and A24 for securing that. Yeah. So I went to the premiere and it was very different from a premiere I've been to before. Like most premieres I've been to are like red carpet, bougie, a little Mm -hmm. like high class. This was very low key. I wouldn't Mm. even, the word premiere was, it's probably like a, not the best word to use. It's it almost like, too big of the, a word to describe it. Yes, because mm. it wasn't that extravagant. It was still very low key. B- but ironically, that screening I went to, which was at the Academy Museum, was packed with c- celebrities everywhere. It was a little oh, overwhelming, a little right, scary. Like right. Uh, Rashida Jones sat two rows in front of me with the... Uh, Catherine Hahn and Rachel mm. Sennett was there and it's just a lot of a lot of famous people there and right. um, it was exciting obviously because they're famous and I, I adore many of them but uh, also nerve-wracking mm-hmm. but so that experience was also different because you know that's those are people who are probably friends with Sofia Coppola right. in the industry yeah. so I I really want to try to gauge how the general public is responding to the movie and yeah. I, I I'm you know, like, not helping. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're not helping as much as I would like. Was really wanting to. I really kind of asked you that question to get the 
<laughs> insights in the 411. I'm uh, so you... sorry. I should have gone to like the 530 showing. Yeah, I was like, I you're didn't. like, well, I went to a three o'clock showing. Well, fuck. Okay. Well, yeah. clearly, you're not going to know. <laughs> so, you know, and I, I don't want this to come off like as me complaining. I, I'm so no, humble no, 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 and, no. And, and I appreciate the opportunities that I get to attend these type of events. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But sometimes it's really hard to, to really establish a basis of how people are feeling about a movie because I'm not with you know people who are going to the movies on a normal Absolutely. like a normal AMC or Edwards. Yeah. Um. So based on our two experiences, though, how do you think people are responding to this? Just from like your natural, uh, from being online, from seeing mm-hmm. news, from just like being at the theater, even with a three o'clock showing. How do you think people are responding to this movie right now? Do you think it's like people are excited? I think people really are, and. I think the best way I can go about like pinpointing that is like one of my aunts is like very always very excited that I talk about movies all the time. And she like What's your aunt's name? Carrie. Shout out Aunt Carrie. Hi Carrie. I don't know if you're listening to this podcast, but if honestly, you're not, it's okay. Honestly, she might. <laughs> she, <laughs> if, if anyone from my family listens to my episodes, it's my Aunt Carrie who listens to them the most. <laughs> Shout out Aunt Carrie. Um, uh, we appreciate your support, Aunt Carrie. I know. Hi, Carrie. Um, she'll probably like be like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> like because I posted on my Instagram story yesterday that I was walking in my screening of it. And then mm-hmm. she is on Instagram, but not really. But she always watches my stories. And so then later in the evening, she texted me and was like, how is Priscilla? I'm really excited about it. And I was oh. like, oh, cool. Because like I, I think she's like a really really good example of like the most sorry carrie this is a compliment uh like the most (laughs) the most like broad interpretation of a general audience because like she's not really about like scary stuff or like Mm -hmm. blood and gore so Mm -hmm. i think she has like she's a good example of like tapping into the vein of like just the more average viewer just in that like Mm -hmm. i i do think a lot of the time the average person isn't necessarily seeking out blood and gore and like horror and like the ultra like genre or, films yeah the genre and like all of that kind of stuff so it was cool to hear that she was so excited about the movie so we talked about it a little bit and i'm excited for her to see it so we can talk about it more um but i feel like the that goes into a broader thing where, where it's like i feel like people are excited partially because it's a sofia coppola movie um because yeah. i think she has rightfully garnered a great deal of respect and enthusiasm from like the average movie watcher i would say um and i i feel like it helps that it's an a24 attachment i think that you you get a bigger pool that way for sure um i am curious to see what happens in terms of like numbers and whatnot because this is obviously a much quieter adaptation compared to like the elvis adaptation from last year which is a lot Mm -hmm. more in the action um And so, yeah, it, it is, it's tough because it, it feels early in terms of, like, gauging where it'll land in terms of, like, is it going to make all the money back? Is it going to do as well as it seems like it should? And, like, all that kind of stuff. Um, but so far, I feel like it's been received very positively from most people. I don't – I I haven't seen necessarily anything that's, like, scathing about it. Correct. I haven't either. Okay. Well, okay. I've seen some from like the Elvis camp about being upset oh, about it. But yeah. How much do you think the draw of this movie is going to be Jacob O'Lordy in the comparisons to Austin Butler? Oh, 
I wrote this down as something I wanted to talk to you about too, because like I really don't like that the general, I would say, internet conversation at this point is every clip of Priscilla is someone just going, oh, Austin Butler is going to be so mad about this. And I'm just like, yeah. guys, we got to stop. Um, I am curious about it. I think Jacob Elordi has a really big like draw to him, especially with the yeah, younger audiences. Like, I mean, he's got Euphoria and he's got... Um, What's the other thing he's in? Kissing Booth? Kissing Booth? Yeah. <laughs> and those are... An upcoming Saltburn. Yeah, and he's got Saltburn coming up in the same... In this month as well, right? That's coming out this month? Yeah. Gosh. Month. That's... Oh, God. What a... That's a great year for him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like there's definitely a lot of people who want to go into it partially just because like Austin Butler's performance from last year got memefied so hard. Like that yeah. really is kind of like I feel frustrated about that because it feels like like to us it's like, oh that's so silly. He really took it seriously. He's talking like Elvis in interviews still and blah blah blah. But it's like we're not actors. Like we mm-hmm. I have like I can't even imagine how difficult it is to embody any character none like and then he's embodying someone so like historically significant as like elvis who like everyone knows it's like yeah there's a lot of pressure with that but i do feel like a lot of people are going into it like oh let's let's go in so we can just come out of it and be like ah, austin butler like you you don't have anything on jacob Elordi. like and it's become yeah. this like pitting against the two which i don't really like because i feel like these would be the perfect double feature Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I completely agree. It's easy to kind of immediately walk away from Priscilla and just take a jab at Butler. Mm-hmm. But these are two completely different movies yes. in what they're trying to accomplish entirely, yeah. if we're being completely yeah. honest. And and if we're being frank, I may not love the Elvis movie, mm-hmm. but I don't. Why I don't like the Elvis movie is not uh, any fault of Austin Butler. No. And and I think you said it well in that, like, I'm not an actor, uh, you know, yeah. method acting might be a little ridiculous, but if it's not harming anybody, if it's not uh, causing the other cast and crew, you know, mental or physical harm. Like I've heard stories that, you know, people are treated like terribly because of method right. acting. Yes. But if it's simply a guy who's trying to get into the character inside the head and mindset of a character. Yeah. Well, you do you. I don't care. Yeah. Maybe a little silly. <laughs> I don't I don't care, though. It's like it, it, sh- it shouldn't bother people that much, I think. Um, exactly. And I think pitting the two is a little silly. I, I get it. It's, you know, people like to have fun with it. And it's mm-hmm. like a game like, oh, Lordy Butler must be punching the air right now. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, I don't think he is, if I'm being honest. So, I like, don't think Butler so either. Was, he was nominated for Best Actor. Yeah. Uh, he... he almost won Best <laughs> yeah. Actor. I really don't think he's been punching the air like, as, mu- as much as as good as El Lordi is in this movie, mm-hmm. gotta be honest with everybody, he's not gonna be nominated for Best Actor. No, I, I don't I don't see it happening necessarily. That that being said, it, I mean, he, or Best Supporting Actor, he is not the lead of this movie. I get no, that. He's not, yeah, definitely not the lead. And his role is much different than Butler's role in the Elvis mm-hmm. movie. But mm-hmm. at any rate, as good as El Lordi is, he's not gonna get that that uh, that awards acclaim that Butler got. And so like. He, Make your silly jokes. It's fine. Have fun with it, I guess. But I, mm-hmm. I don't think on a deeper level, I don't think comparing the two and pitting them against each other is is the right move, if I'm being completely honest. No, absolutely. Especially because I feel like 
Elvis as a whole, what it's kind of getting at to an extent is the lack of control Elvis had in his own career and then thus like in a majority of the rest of his life and how that led to him spiraling out. And then Priscilla, on the other hand, is like taking that notion of Elvis not having control elsewhere and inflicting like catastrophic levels of control on his wife and like the ramifications of that. So it's like it's just so interesting seeing them played against each other because like obviously the way Elvis acts like out on tour is going to be totally different than the way he is at home with his wife mm-hmm. so it's like it's yeah like you said it's they're just so different like it's well said th- thank you yeah <laughs> wow what a way to start this episode we yeah. jumped into it faster than we I, did. <laughs> I um, thought usually <laughs> I will I will read the IMDB summary in case people oh, don't right. know what it's about, but l- let's just read it really quickly. Sure, of course. If, in case you don't know what Priscilla is about, you're just yeah. going into it blind. Here's your IMDB summary. When teenage Priscilla Beaulieu? Beaulieu? Yeah. <laughs> you're just saying yeah because you don't know how to say it either. I, 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 yeah, I couldn't remember. I felt really bad. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> when teenage Priscilla meets Elvis Presley, the man who's already a meteoric rock and roll superstar, mm. becomes someone in entirely unexpected in private moments a thrilling crush an ally in loneliness a vulnerable best friend that's a weird plus summary well i feel that's like exactly she, what it is in letterbox too but you know interesting i feel like that is accurate to an extent i think what i mean you think about the trailer for priscilla which i feel like has gotten very good praise for a reason where it starts out very like like exciting and fun yeah. and then it has that big tone swift switch in the middle and I feel like the the plot summary is kind of doing some pl- something similar where it's trying to like creep that tone switch up on you where it's mm. like, oh, look, like because I mean, as messed up as the relationship it is, like that is kind of accurate. Like they very much were relying on each other through loneliness. Yeah. And so no, it's no, like, yeah, yeah. It feels I think fitting. I just expected the plot summary to take a different mm. turn and it didn't and mm-hmm, mentioned something mm-hmm. else about it. But at any rate, that's the quick plot summary. If you really need like a one sentence summary. It's a movie based on a book that was written by Priscilla Presley mm-hmm. uh, about her experience being the wife of Elvis Presley and like yeah. them, them meeting and then their relationship together. Mm-hmm. That's as basic as you're going to get. That is the summary of this movie. Yeah. Um, currently holds an 85% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. It's consensus for the critics reads. Well, I pressed the wrong button. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> getting in it's telling me to enable ads and i'm, I'm trying oh, to say no, no. <laughs> i am not not gonna enable ads for anybody not today <laughs> not today ron tomatoes i've refreshed eventually if you refresh the page enough times it'll it'll say like ignore oh interesting see i don't even well i'm not on Rotten tomatoes ever but i don't even have ad blockers on my computer um, wow, this is actually taking a longer time. Oh, there it goes. Continue without sleeping. Uh, critic consensus. With Kaylee Spaney's performance in the title role leading the way, Priscilla sees Sofia Coppola taking a tender yet clear-eyed look at the often toxic blend mm. created by mixing first love and fame. Mm. That's the consensus here. My uh, first question to you, Clara. Your initial reactions walking out. How'd you feel? Um, I walked out really stoked. I felt like the film ended up being a lot quieter than I expected. Mm-hmm. I th- and I think that worked really in its favor, like the longer it's like sat in my head now. Um, like I feel like a really big thing about this movie is that like 
besides one very brief scene, which is very minimal in itself, like we're never with Elvis on tour. Like we are always in Graceland. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was such an interesting thing to do with the story. And obviously that is also like, this is reflective of her experience. So it's like, it's very eye opening to be like this massive man that we just watched this huge movie for last year where he's going all over the world and it's just go, 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 go nonstop. And then we get the flip side of it where it's so, so quiet and you're just sitting in this house that's so big and so like luxurious, but so empty all the time. And I, I just, I don't know. I liked something about that so much. I really appreciated the use of silence in the film as a whole. I feel like there's a lot of really big moments where there's no scoring or anything in the background. It's just like quiet. Um, And I like that because it makes you really lean into Priscilla as a character and like what she is experiencing. And that's what I wanted more than anything from the movie. You know, it's like I wanted Priscilla's story and I feel like we got that like even more than I could have anticipated. So that worked really well for me. Um, So yeah, I loved it. (laughs) How are, how did you feel? How did you feel when you came out of your your first screening? And then do you feel like that changed at all on the rewatch? That's a good question. I want to echo so many things that you said, but I don't want to (laughs) repeat everything and just have us say the same things over and over again. But I will say my first watch, I was, I really liked it immediately. I knew that Mm -hmm. as I was walking out, like, this is great. I loved it. Um, I love Coppola. I've loved most of her work. I haven't seen every single Coppola movie, oh. um, but I've seen like 90% of her work. Okay. Okay. Um, and I really like most of it, but this felt like it was definitely up there with some of my favorites of hers. Mm. And I love, there's so many things to talk about and w- what I love. Um, I love probably my, my favorite thing is the way it takes like this really idyllic lifestyle of fame that everybody has like wow it would be so great to be a superstar or married to somebody who's a Mm -hmm. superstar Mm -hmm. and like just completely transforms it into this portrait of isolation and uh anxiety Mm -hmm. and you get so like you said you get so many moments where priscilla is like sitting in this big empty house yeah and she's alone yeah. And she's caged. She can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And like you realize that uh, it's not what it it's always seems, you know, like it's so easy to look at this lifestyle and be like, wow, I really want that. And then Priscilla, you're like, wait, do I want that? Like, is that yeah. something I really want to get involved with? Yeah. Um, and I loved it. I, I really there's so many things I feel like we can jump into that. I love. I, know. I, I, love, <laughs> I love the casting of Elordi, not because I well, well, yes, he's a talented actor, and mm-hmm. that is definitely one of the reasons. But I think his casting feels so intentional in terms, of like, just physicality. Yes, of his height. Yeah, the blocking between them is huge. It's huge. the The use of scale because Kaylee Swain is also so tiny, but like, mm-hmm. just like the physical appearances of both of them on a screen, their mm-hmm. scale, like mm-hmm. the way Coppola uses that to really emphasize the the power. And the influence of Elvis and the way he like has power over her uh, mm-hmm. is incredible. Like it's just like you watch it and it just it feels it's scary to watch at times. Yeah. Um, and then when we talk about like we're gonna, I mean, we'll, we'll probably talk a lot about the obvious uh, predatory nature of Elvis and the way mm-hmm. he has kind of captured Priscilla's innocence and and stolen it and mm-hmm. and kind of in a way caged her for her her youth. Um. You know, that could be done. 
the way it's done in the movie, I think is perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like this balance that Coppola, Coppola strikes that's perfect for the movie. Because I feel like some directors might be, and this might be where we get into this later, but mm-hmm. I feel like a, a, a male director would make it like super overt, mm-hmm. uh, violent, um, mm-hmm. you know, show something that would, you know, be hard to watch. And not to say this isn't hard to watch at times, but like, I feel like there's so much patience and like respect mm-hmm. the way Coppola is doing it. Uh, it's just like it, it's almost like weirdly comedic, and it's a comedic in a way where there were a bunch of times the audience were, was laughing that at screenings I saw. Oh, and like we're laughing not because it's funny, but because yeah. it's like I can't believe this is happening. Like it's like yeah. an awkward laugh. Yeah, like you know? it's jarring. Like it's jarring. Like there's a, there's a, there's several moments intentionally done where like Coppola is be like, or uh, Coppola, I'm so sorry. Uh, Kaylee Spain's character will say something like, "Oh, uh, I have like an English test," or he or Elvis like first meets her. He's like, "So what are you, uh, senior, mm-hmm. uh, junior?" She's like, "Freshman ninth. or she first goes, year?" Ninth. She says ninth. Ninth. And ninth. He goes. And he's then he, like, he goes ninth. What? And it's like, <laughs> what do you mean ninth? What? Like, <laughs> and so like that's a moment where like. Everybody like in my theater are laughing. Mm-hmm. It's not they're not laughing because it's funny. They're laughing like, oh my god! Like, like yeah, it's expl- It's like not even like, oh, he didn't know. Mm-hmm. It's explicit. It's obvious. Mm-hmm. This is a man who knew her age, who knew mm-hmm. uh, the power he had over her, mm-hmm. and took advantage of it. And like the way that Coppola constantly uses that to either like subtly remind us of her age or like just overtly remind mm-hmm. us of her age. Like the like the scene where they're gambling playing 21 and she's <sighs> like 21. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, that's 22. It's like, Oh, it's cause you're a silly little young you're, girl. You're in school, but you're not even focusing on school cause you're so wrapped around his finger. It's like, you exactly. can't do basic math anymore. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's just oh. like so many moments of that. I'm just like, yeah, nailed it. I really don't know if anybody, else could have done this movie like Coppola. Do you think so? Honestly, I don't. I think Coppola has really made a name for herself in terms of taking these very like romanticized women and giving them stories where they get to really break out of that romanticism in very like cathartic ways. Like, I mean, obviously we have Marie Antoinette and then now Priscilla, but even like Virgin Suicides is so much about like these young girls being romanticized to their deaths by these Mm -hmm. boys. And it's like, so it's just, it's interesting seeing her get to just really refine her craft in that sense. I don't like, it's tricky too, because it's like, there's a very fair criticism in that Sofia Coppola's versions of girlhood and like womanhood struggles are very much white womanhood struggles. Um, But, but yeah, so it's like, I don't know. I can't, my question to that is, I mean, she herself is white and she's Italian American. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it would be, I I see that criticism sometimes of Coppola, you know, her, her, her Mm -hmm. stories about white feminism or, you know, or white girlhood. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, wouldn't would it be more upsetting, maybe worse, if she was trying to provide a voice to people of color when she doesn't have that experience? I don't know. I think it's tricky. I think the pro- I think the thing that happens where you see more pushback with her is that I think it's very common for the the general film discourse to be like Coppola is the epitome of girlhood cinema. And I think that's where people start to push back a little bit because it's like, yeah, but it's also only such a small piece of girls. It's a facet of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that overarching, like, yeah, that yeah. would be the universality of it is, is incorrect, I think. Yes, exactly. So it's tricky. I mean, other directors have been able to tell, I think, relatively effective stories of like, girlhood through like the lens of being a person of color, like Celine Siama's girlhood mm. is a great example of that, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I don't think that it's yeah. impossible. No, no, no. I, I don't know. Sometimes I just like don't agree with the complete argument that like, um, yeah, I mean, Coppola is very much in this realm of white fem, like white girlhood, mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. all the virgin suicides and Maria mm -hmm. Antoinette and mm -hmm. Priscilla now. Like, but I don't know if that's like a valid criticism of her work. You know, like no, not know. necessarily. I think I think she very much draws from what she knows, and I think that's really powerful. Sometimes, like I think, yeah, it, like she clearly knows what she's doing in the in these vehicles that she's using and it's like I, yeah. I don't mind her staying in that realm because it's like it's great so yeah I don't I, I can't think of anyone else who would maybe have nailed this quite like she did I'm like racking my brain but I'm sure there might be others out there I mean there's yeah. a lot of talented women out there who are, who are directors but Coppola does seem like almost like the perfect fit for this story yeah it the like the closest thing I can think of is like if Agni Varda was still around she would have done a great Priscilla story, I think. But mm. obviously, she's unfortunately passed. Um, yeah, it's hard mm. to say. Hard to say. Then um, you go back to my, you mentioned if my second viewing changed anything. Oh, yeah. I thought it was going to. It didn't. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought I was going to like it more because mm. the, the, some of the grievances I have this movie, we'll get into in a second. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe I would be prepared for them more in the second viewing. But I still mm. still felt those were issues that I couldn't overcome. Uh, nothing that is detrimental to my love for the film. Nothing that's like mm -hmm. making me say, oh, I don't like it now or I dislike it. Uh, it's still a movie I, I adore. My question to you, though, how do you think this will play out? With I mean, We talked about like people's excitement, if people are mm -hmm. excited for it. Mm -hmm. Do you think people are going to go into this? And this is my fear with kind of a lot of A24-themed movies and, and movies that are not particularly tailored for mainstream audiences mm. is that people will go into this kind of expecting this loud drama. Mm -hmm. And like we have said multiple times, it's pretty quiet. Mm -hmm. um, there's no big explosive fights or like, not that I, I'm, I'm trying to mad at that. No, no, no. Yeah. I feel like but, the biggest thing is like when he throws the chair at her, and that's like a 30 second scene. Yeah. But like even like the moment you kind of expect there to be this big explosive argument or like fight or mm -hmm. anything, you don't really get that from the movie. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think, though? Do you think mainstream audiences are going to walk <sighs> away with this? Because there is no audience score on Rotten Tomatoes yet. It's, oh, really? It just, it just came oh, out. Oh, it's that early. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're recording this on November 4th. It came out wide release November 3rd. Oh, wow. So no audience score yet. But if I'm being honest... I can see it coming in like it's 60 to 70%. I'm kind of feeling that way too. Cause it's definitely abstract. Like it's okay. very fragmented, I would say just in that. And I think that I, I like that because it's very, it's very telling that we are maneuvering essentially through like Priscilla's memories of this relationship. And that's why you get so many like fade to blacks. And then like all these kind of things where these memories kind of just cut, it feels almost like, you're reliving the memories with her in her head. 
And so I I like that a lot, but I know the general audience isn't always in favor of something that loose. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I do agree. I, I, I do feel like it might get a l- slightly less than enthusiastic response because it's so like loosey-goosey. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. My fear is that I think it, I, mean, I already mentioned it, but mm-hmm. I do fear that because the movie isn't overtly flashy, mm-hmm. there is no big like moment. I do think people are going to walk out of this saying it was boring. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it. It was just like nothing happened. If I hear something, mm-hmm. if I hear someone say nothing happened, yeah. I'll lose my mind. But I know I'm going to hear it. I yeah, know someone's going to say it. nothing happened. And that's like, what do you what do people want to happen? I know it's like what well and you want to know what the other one will probably get which is like probably one of my least favorite things people say about movies when they don't really know what to say about movies what they're gonna go this was Oscar bait oh god (laughs) which is it's really not it's really not really not if we're gonna talk if there's any if we're talking about Elvis stories that are Oscar bait the one last year was much more Oscar bait than this one Hmm. I mean when a movie is set to uh expose a cultural icon that is mostly beloved around the world Mm. uh, it's not oscar based no not at all i think pandering to elvis audiences by saying look at this guy look how great he was look at his hardships Mm -hmm. and not not even really mentioning uh you know his vast criticism (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know the the his actual criticisms is like much more oscar bait yeah yeah so anyways um, yeah i do agree I, I think I think we'll see that and I think we'll see what you are worried about with the nothing happened. Like Ugh, yeah. I know it. I can feel it in my bones yeah. and I'm gonna just it's gonna bother me so much and and mm-hmm. I just I, I really need our listeners to understand that like I, I don't know what you want to happen. What I know. exactly what do you think when people say nothing happened, if they'd respond to that to Priscilla by saying that, what do you think they want to happen? As awful, it's interesting because I think if you ask them outright, they would, of course, vehemently deny this. But I think a lot of the time when people say something like that with like a re- like a relationship drama like this, I know it's in your head right now. They're good, like they're not going to say they want it, but they want to see her get hit more. Like they yeah. want like the overt violence rather than what we're getting, which is a little bit more subversive. Because like Absolutely. that, like obviously there are moments of physical abuse in this relationship that we see point blank. And yeah. every time it made me want to throw up, like it was really scary. But the bigger picture is that Elvis is very subversive in the way he controls Priscilla and that, he, you know, he very casually rips her away from her family and isolates her in this home where she's not allowed to get a job and she's not allowed to bring friends over. And it's like she's so entirely alone and only surrounded by people for him. And it's like that I find a lot more profound and interesting that yeah. there can be that many people around Priscilla at any given moment and none of them are really actively like speaking for her or like helping her, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I I think people want the more over what they expect from like a domestic abusive situation. Like they want, yeah. they want what they picture in their head, which is a lot more violent. But then it's like, but then I'm like, then obviously then they go into well she should have left him sooner you know what i mean it's just like it's just this terrible wheel of oh like domestic violence is only physical and then oh they should have left sooner and it's just this endless thing where it's like that's it's so complicated and nuanced like you cannot be saying that about the situation yeah it's 2023 that that hopefully that's not people's response to this there will be people responding to it that way but yeah 
Yeah, no, it's depiction of of grooming, <laughs> of taking this young girl and like mm-hmm. isolating her from her family, her friends, mm-hmm. confining her to a home is so painfully mm-hmm. realistic. And I think people don't realize that like grooming and this type of behavior isn't like isn't always physically abuse. Like it isn't yeah. like hitting somebody to make sure they listen. It isn't yeah. uh, like hurting somebody physically or causing harm to them in a physical manner. Mm-hmm. Like it's it grooming is a vast can be like so many different things. And yeah, that's what's really scary about it, and that's what this movie depicts. And so mm-hmm. I really hope people understand that and, and you know like i i, I, do, I do think there are valid criticisms for the movie i'm not saying it's of course, perfect of course of course i'm not yeah. saying like you have to love it um no, no, no. you have other issues with it but like if the the criticism is nothing happens yeah uh, take a step back maybe and kind of yeah needle into it, that uh, yeah exactly do you feel like part of the problem that audiences might have too is that besides like i think one or two instances we never really get like explicit like dates to what stuff like when stuff is happening it's very like like you almost lose track of time with her because oh. it's like super like we get the the date at the very beginning where it's 1959 when she first gets invited to his house and then we get a date when she goes to Los Angeles the first time in like 1964 and then th- those are the only two dates I clocked um and so I do wonder too if that's where people start to be like nothing happened cuz like it's it's easy to get lost in the time frame that's happening. Interesting. So this is such a funny conversation because I was talking to Sydney earlier. We recorded mm-hmm. an episode on Ventures the Killer. Mm-hmm. And we got into a conversation about using like title cards to give off like location and time mm-hmm. like or using like chapter 1, chapter 2, mm-hmm. chapter 3. Mm-hmm. And I was saying how much I don't like it because it makes the audience aware of time more mm. like time passing while yeah. watching a movie. Yeah. It's like, Oh, that chapter was really long or that chapter is really short. And I, I feel like that's a, mm. you don't want to take people out of the movie like that. Mm-hmm. I personally in this movie love that we don't get like hard dates of yeah. when things are happening. Yeah. I really like that. And, and Coppola talked about it in her Q and a, how they intentionally were not like trying to give dates. And that's the, great. the best way to, to, to tell like, time is passing is to look at the height of her hair yeah like, yeah <laughs> the higher her hair is like right. the, the more she's like transforming and then mm-hmm. when it is flat you know like the air is changing 70s, you're yeah. in the 70s mm-hmm. uh so she was like the costuming and the makeup and hairstyle is the best way to tell mm-hmm. the passing of time that's what's so impressive about kaylee spaney's performance is she's yes. playing priscilla from 14, 14 until to... uh 21 <sighs> something like that around around she's the early 20s, 20s. yeah yeah so it's really impressive to watch her perform all throughout all those years because she is, and we're going to get to that in a second, mm-hmm. incredible in each uh, era of Priscilla's life. Um, so I like that there's no hard dates. I like, yeah. I always like in movies where you have to use the context clues, the 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 costuming, the setting, the production design, all these things to help figure out what time it is. And it, it, mm-hmm. it the better those things are, that to me is just like just a well-directed movie it's like oh great like i didn't i don't need this overt card saying 1952 i just know because they put a lot of time and effort in their costuming and their and their production yeah absolutely did it bother you not at all i i i agree with you i loved that fact like now that we're talking about it, i i also remember once he left her in germany you get those calendars getting torn to show passage of time that way as well but that feels much more organic 
where it's like yes yeah it, it feels like a room. young girl who's yes. like counting down the days to see my boyfriend yeah, exactly. it's very organic yes and so yeah like that worked really well and then like you like we've already heard like this was a very intentionally like we're not giving you timeline specifically kind of thing and i like that a lot because yeah I, I, like i'm pretty sure like the first hour of this movie even is all like leading up to her graduating high school like she spends so yeah. much of the movie as a baby and it's just like it's so wild dude it's, it's very jarring it's like oh my god like when she did graduate high school it's like oh my god she's still in high school like she, yeah. it's, like it's, it's, it's crazy oh it works really well because it just it in a way like like we've talked about too all those subtle ways that she kind of reminds us of her age it, like it just really feeds into the experience which is that like she was groomed for so long for and it's yeah, just, like, years yeah so i like it a lot too that that's happening but i also know a lot of the time general audiences kind of want and maybe even need that very like overt explicit yeah overt, like yeah. like spoon feeding the timeline kind of thing yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that. I think it, it obviously depends on the movie. You know, mm. movies where they require to like jump to different continents or like different countries, uh, mm. you know, action movies or like mm -hmm. big blockbusters where we're like, okay, now we're in Italy and we're fighting here. Like, th that makes more sense for me. But like on these smaller scale movies, I, I do love when they use, you know, the technical aspects of a film to help mm -hmm. tell us what time it is. So I agree. My, my question to you earlier mm. was uh, Kaylee Spaney. Oh my god! I mean, I like that. That's the question. It's just her name. That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> how good? How good is Kaylee Spaney? <laughs> oh my god, she's incredible. It's it's fascinating to watch her because she's conveying so much with her facial expressions. Because so much oh, of this also awesome. is that like Priscilla is conditioned not to speak her mind, and so it's like it's so riveting to watch those like subtle like facial expressions where you can tell what she's feeling but you can also feel her like physically holding herself back from saying these things and it's just like i find that so interesting like a good example is like the whole him throwing a chair at her scene is because like he says he doesn't like the music they're listening to and he's like what do you think and she agrees she's like oh yeah i don't think it's very good and then he throws the chair at her and it's terrifying and then later on there's that scene where he's like getting ready to go back on tour and he's wearing that like all leather outfit and he's like oh i don't know i feel like i look silly like i don't know and you can tell that she kind of feels the same way but she's learned like quote unquote she's learned. learned she's learned yeah. her lesson and so she says like no i think you look great but you can feel the like weight of her saying that where it's like she doesn't mean that though she just has oh, to say it's, that like, it's yeah, just like very good oh it's so great i yeah she's sublime i god i need her to have more roles <laughs> like i need <laughs> i need like a million more movies with her because i just i like we said like it's so impressive that she's playing like 14 to like late 20s i'm pretty sure so it's just like it, like that's so much time to be playing one character and to be able to really transform her in that way where she goes from such like an innocent girl into this like woman who is so like tired and done it's just like oh my god it's incredible i'm obsessed I agree. I love her in this movie mm. so much. I don't know the odds of her getting into an Oscar Best Actress campaign at this point. It's and, tough. and that's that's less of her her performance and how good she is, and more of a testament to how insanely stacked this year has been in terms yeah. of uh, performances by women in in some incredible, incredible films. Yeah. You know, this is off topic, but I, I people were talking about comparing this year to last year, and mm -hmm. you know, obviously that always happens. Um, 
I don't know, man. I'm at a, I'm at like kind of at this point where like I think this year is better than last year. The only way I'm I'm helping with that decision mm-hmm. in my mind is that I've given more five star reviews this year than last year. Oh, last year I was a little stingy boy. This year, oh, I'm like, five stars for everyone I love. Oh, my God. Hell, yeah. I love giving out five stars. Um, so do I. It feels so good. <laughs> it's um, great. It's the best feeling when you get to do that. It's like, hell, I, yeah. Think about this year. We got a Nolan movie. We got yeah. a Coppola movie, a Scorsese movie, a yep. Fincher movie, yep. a Miyazaki movie. Yeah. Huge like, year for us. We are eating. Us specifically are eating very well. We're this eating year. so well. It's like <laughs> kind of. And like, I think we really, all of us listeners included everybody needs to like really appreciate this year because next Mm. year might be kind of rough yeah because the strikes are delaying so much yeah Mm. who knows what ends up coming out next year if they don't get pushed to 2025 i know so just letting people know like really appreciate (laughs) what we're in right now because it might be slim pickings next year true Anyway, sorry, I got off topic. No, um, I love Kaylee it. Swinney is fantastic, and yeah. that is where we're going with this. Oh, best actress. Yeah, mm. yeah it's just a really stacked year. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I'll be very interested for the nomination announcements. Like, I'm just really yeah. curious where that the Academy ends up going. If the strike continues, mm. we're recording again, we're recording this on November 4th. They're right. allegedly meeting again today. Right. They've been meeting like fucking like every day for the past two weeks, essentially. <sighs> yeah. You know, every day a news report comes out. They're close to finishing. And the next day, SAG's like, we're not close. Like, I know. We're, we're close, but we're not close. Yeah. Um. So we'll see what happens. But let's, in a hypothetical world, if the strike continues, this movie has a SAG waiver. They can campaign. They can. That'll make a big difference. That'll make a huge, huge difference. Yeah. But It'll... we're at a point. Sorry. What? No, I was going to make a dumb joke and be like, this year's Oscars will just be Neon and A24. <laughs> it, it very well could be. But if Greta Lee for Past Lives is currently on the bubble of whether yeah. or not she'll make it in or not. God, I hope she does. Like, Kaylee Spaney is on the short list, I'm sure, mm. but, like, it's going to be tough. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there are some people who are just absolute shoe-ins right now. Mm-hmm. Off the top of my head, I'll just list it off. Gladstone is the yep. front runner. Yep. Uh, Carrie Mulligan from, from Maestro is mm-hmm. going to be in. Mm-hmm. People are talking about uh, Sandra Holler for Anatomy of the Fall, I think her name is. Oh, okay, um, okay. And there's somebody else I'm missing. I feel like Annette Benning's getting a lot for Nyad. Oh, Nyad? Yeah. Hmm. I haven't There's watched it yet. Else. Oh, sorry. Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer. Oh, oh. She's also... Oh, and Emma Stone. I am so sorry. Those are the oh. those are the four... <laughs> oh, my God. Poor Things is coming. We get a Lanthimos movie this year, too. <laughs> we go get a Lanthimos movie. Christ. So oh, here wow. here are the people that are, are like, shoe-ins. Okay. Emma Stone. Yeah. Gladstone. Um, Carrie Mulligan. Mm-hmm. Those are three. Margot Robbie is probably a shoe in for being honest. What was she I, in? What? what was uh, she in? Some movie. She was in a couple. I think it was called Barbie. Oh, oh, right. Barbie came out. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Publicly revealing <laughs> a lot right now. <laughs> oh, oh, my no. God. I forgot Barbie existed. <laughs> oh wow okay yeah that oh right barbie so those are the four i would say Mm. count them in 
Okay. Count them in. Okay. All the bubble people, uh, Greta Lee, Annette mm-hmm. Benning, mm-hmm. Natalie Portman for May December, oh, Sandra yeah. Holler, Natalie Mina Fall. It's just it's a lot. There's a lot of this is a strong year, everybody. Yeah. And don't let that don't let that take away from the fact that Kaylee Spaney is fantastic in this. No, absolutely. Is the ultimate. I'm bringing it back to Priscilla. That's how I'm bringing it back. There we go. There we go. We've, we're back. <laughs> we're back. Um, can we talk about some things that you may not love? Because I have some things. Um, let's. You go first. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Uh, you liked it just a little bit more than me. I, I gave did. it four stars. You did. Yes, I gave it four and a half. My my sad issue with this movie is mm. kind of towards the second half towards the end mm. i i feel like it loses a lot of its steam and mm. it, it turns into almost like this fragmented montage of priscilla's life mm-hmm. we get her like short snippets of her in la mm-hmm. short snippets of her here and then here and then here they're mm-hmm. like at a barbecue and then they're at this place and like i feel like we're not getting enough time to like soak in what's mm-hmm. going on and marinate what's what's going on mm. and then we get to this moment where she is in you know the vegas hotel where she mm-hmm. decides to leave elvis and I, I do think it subverts our expectations of that might have been like that's the that's the moment this is the moment we're all kind of waiting for she's leaving him mm-hmm. and it, it is a little bit more quiet a mm-hmm. little bit more low-key than i expected and then it kind of the movie kind of ends. And I was really surprised the first time I watched it. I was so caught off by the ending. Mm. I didn't know that's where the movie was ending. I mm. honestly thought like we we're going to get something else. Mm. And so I wonder if like if the movie even has like a climax, if there's like this moment where I feel like we're like it's building up to this moment that never really happens. And I, I feel a little bit let <laughs> down by the ending. Um, that's that's my main, main criticism. And I'm curious to know how you felt about kind of the ending and and, and that thought. I totally feel the opposite. <laughs> okay. Why? I really liked how more and more fragmented it got the in the later years because I feel like that's very reflective of how little she was seeing him. Like he was going on tour and leaving her with the baby and like just like going anywhere but to her and that like to me is a cool way to convey like the disintegration of their relationship. Um, uh-huh. especially when like, I think it's tough. Cause I do think it's a very valid to be like, it's like, this is so just about like her and Elvis, but like, that's also like the book is literally called Elvis and me, you know, it's not like me and Elvis, it's Elvis and me. So I do like that it becomes looser and looser into the later years. Cause it's just like, you can, you can really feel him like slipping away like from like her main focus. And so I like that. And like, I honestly did like that. It was such a quiet, abrupt ending. Cause it's like, it reminds me of that quote from T.S. Eliot, where it's like the world does not go out with a bang. It goes out with a whimper. Mm. And like Elvis was her entire world. And so it's like, I like, I do really like that. It's this very quiet moment. Cause it's like, I don't know. I think sometimes it's really easy to lean into like rage in moments like those, but I do think there's something really powerful about her feeling like sadness and this like quiet grief about the loss of this marriage, even though things have gotten so bad between them. Like there's clearly still a piece of her that loves him. And so it's like, I, I do, I really like that 
but I totally get where you're coming from because like even though I like when the credits started I was like oh my god the credits are rolling and then I was like beaming because I'm like oh my god I love that but it did also shock me in the moment where I was like, oh, we're, it's over. Like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's a fair, you, we're allowed to have difference of opinion. Yeah, exactly. It's not even that like big of a difference. No, like, I'm not, not at all. <laughs> I'm not even saying like, oh, I hate the movie now. Because not, at all, not at all. Not at all. I I was caught off guard by it. It's still yes. something that I'm like, not particularly like the, not like I'm not a fan of the movie, but mm-hmm. it was something I wasn't ready for. And even yeah. on my second watch, I thought maybe because now I know the ending is coming, I can, maybe find things what I uh, I love about it. But mm. I don't know if it worked completely for me, but mm-hmm. for others it will, clearly. Totally. Uh, and others it won't. And yeah. I, uh, that is kind of where I think some people might feel a little uh, not in love with the film. Is that they, because uh, I do think people are expecting like this big, like yes. get up and stand up and cheer moment. And yes. there isn't that moment. But I, I, I do agree. I think it's intentional. I don't think mm-hmm. it's a moment where like, not when people leave their abusive spouse, like it's not going to be like the stand up and cheer moment all the time. Like, yeah, I think it's easy to make something cinematic and mm-hmm. do it for, you know, odd, the pleasure of audiences to, to get up and root for and cheer. But like, it's mm-hmm. not how real life works, guys. Like, no. shit's hard. Like leaving somebody, even somebody's abusive. Mm-hmm. It's not was not it's not easy. No, not at so. all. And it's like, it's a victory that she does it, but it's like, she's not going to feel that victory for a while. Like, there's, exactly, she has yeah. to like come back into reality and come back into her own person as an individual. And that's going to take yeah. time and so much work. So it's like, yeah, that's why I think I like it that it's not this immediate, like you described it, like stand up and cheer moment. Because it's like, it's yeah. nice. I don't know. It's nice not having that in a way because it feels a lot more realistic. You're right. You're right. The mm. movies have poisoned our brains to make us think like I know every big moment like this is like going to be like tied up with her, a bow. Yeah, her yeah standing up and yelling at him yeah. and, and like throwing her ring at him, and saying yes. it's done. I'm yeah. it's over. And it's like yeah. yeah, those are fun for movies, but like I, I think there's one thing that we can always agree on is that Coppola wanted to treat this story as as true to the book that was written by priscilla presley as possible exactly yeah and to make something like that cinematic would have been a disservice Mm -hmm. to the book to Mm -hmm. priscilla presley and Mm -hmm. to us as the audience oh my god amen amen all right well put well put (laughs) thank you thank you um we're getting towards the end of this episode we are my question to you (laughs) i have two final questions okay we know they couldn't use the Elvis uh, discography because mm-hmm. uh, the Elvis estate was like, uh, no. Mm-hmm. And so Coppola did what she does best and used an anachronistic soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I'll say this right now. Wish there was more. Kind of was kind of oh. was hoping it was better. Mm. I think it was good. Wish it was better. Mm. I think because Maria Antoinette has some like wild choices. Yeah. And does. they're super fun. I was kind of expecting that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> There's like one really good needle drop I really like. Mm. But um, the rest of it, I, I don't know. I kind of really was just looking for a little bit more from the soundtrack. I don't know how you feel. I'll be super honest. I feel this the complete is, opposite. No, not that. I just was not paying attention to the like <laughs> to the needle drops like at all, if I'm being That's totally fine. honest. Like I, <laughs> like, I know they were there. But and I recognize some of the songs, but if gun to my head you asked me what songs were in Priscilla, I 
I'd have to eat the bullet. Like I don't. Yeah, know. <laughs> I, I don't just know. really like. And we've talked about this on the Patreon before. We have. I, I love anachronistic soundtracks yes. and choices. And it so feels very fun. They they're fun and like I I I just I, when I go to a Coppola movie, I know she loves to play with music. I mean, she's married mm-hmm. to the lead singer of Phoenix, right. who has you know done a lot of work on love uh, that band movies. Yeah, that's Kelsey's favorite band. Um, oh, so seen good. them a few times. Good band. Great. So band. I kind of was like, it's, it's nothing that's gonna like hinder my love for this movie. I was just like, of course, eh, of course. I wish like I wish it was a little bit more. That's um, super fair. Do you like the Dolly song as the last song? I do. Yeah, I love. I like that. it that, a lot. That's the one that I clocked where I was like, it's a Dolly. Yeah, that's like, that's the yeah. best one. Yeah. I mean, that like that alone is is worth so the whole great. soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, they also do a, a Santana needle drop, which I liked a lot. Hmm. Um, Okay. Black Magic Woman played when she gets to LA, which is like kind of oh, perfect. Oh, okay, okay. Um, my last question to you. Okay. Where is this? You're a Coppola. Have you seen everything? I've seen I've officially seen everything. I watched uh, The Beguiled finally last night after Priscilla. Because I was like. On, what's your thoughts on Beguiled? Quick thoughts? I really liked it. It was great. Oh. Well, I could have just guessed that, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It explores feminine desire versus like societal expectations really well, in my opinion. Cool. Yeah. Where does Priscilla sit in the Coppola filmography for you? Higher is, end, middle, lower end? This is why I'm glad we're friends because I literally wrote down the exact same question for you. <laughs> and then I wrote down my answer. So this is oh, perfect. perfect. Um, although actually I wrote this answer before I watched Beguiled and I feel like Beguiled is up there now too. But Ooh. I do feel like I really need to revisit Marie Antoinette. It's been a fat minute since I've watched that. Uh huh. But depending on where like Marie Antoinette landed, Priscilla might be in my top three. Ooh. But Marie Antoinette might hold on to that spot because that's what has been in my top three for a while. But revisit. what is in the top three? Can you tell us? Uh, Virgin Suicides. Yeah. Um. Now I'm panicking. <laughs> Virgin Suicides. Marie Antoinette, and then Lost in Translation, I've always really liked. Okay. Um, but Those are good choices. Thank you. But Priscilla's like right there. And on honest but honestly, the Beguiled might even be I might like that even more than Priscilla. I don't know yet. I haven't even written my review for the Beguiled Beguiled yet, because I'm like, <gasps> like it really it was good. Interesting. Okay. I liked it. What are your like top do, is this in your top or also like what are your top three? I think it is. Okay. Lost in Translation mm-hmm. is number two. Okay. Virgin Suicide is number one. Mm-hmm. Me too. And then probably Priscilla. Mm. But I haven't seen three Coppola movies. Which, wait, let me guess. Beguiled, right? You haven't seen yep. that? I have not seen Beguiled. You said you haven't seen Somewhere. I remember I have you saying that on somewhere. a Patreon episode. Yep. Have you not seen On the Rocks? I haven't seen Marie Antoinette. Oh, what? I've seen scenes from Marie Antoinette. Like I've, I... I've seen scenes courtesy of the YouTube platform. I'm going to throw up and pass out. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, it's just like one of those movies that every time I start it, mm. I get distracted or I just like, it, it's just like, I like I can't do this right now. I need to be in the right mindset. Wow. I know I'll like it a lot. I know it'll be up my alley. I know, I know. By the time this episode premieres, uh, publishes, I'm probably going to watch it. So don't send me any hate messages. Okay, okay. I feel like you'll um, like that. I feel like you'll like, I feel like you might like somewhere as well. It's like a, it's almost like a less abstract after sun. Oh, I, I probably will. I like somewhere. The only, 
Coppola movie I don't love is On the Rocks, if I'm being honest. That one, yeah, that one was a little more middle tier for me. Um, I even uh, enjoy Bling Ring, so. Bling Ring is fun. Oh, I haven't watched that I, in forever I think, either. I think Bling Ring is better than some people give it credit, to be honest. But it's, yeah, it, I mean, it's, she's so good missing, at nailing. Are we missing one? Um, well, All right, I Googled just to it. know, there's the Bill Murray, like, Christmas thing she did, nah, which is, like, yeah. that's, I know, it's, like, it's technically considered feature length by, like, the Academy, but, like, it's also not even an hour, so I'm, like, hmm. No, I'm good. Uh, Somewhere, I have not seen, mm-hmm. Bling Ring, Beguiled, On the Rocks, Priscilla, okay, that's yeah, just the three I haven't seen. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, Maria Antoinette, like, I like I know this, the famous scenes, and I know mm-hmm. the soundtrack really well. Mm. But I haven't seen the movie, like, from start to finish. Do you feel like the fact that you've seen certain things so many times, it'll, like, potentially negative, negatively affect when you finally do watch the whole thing? No, I don't think cool. so. I think seeing it as content, context mm. would make me love it more, usually, yeah. unless the context yeah, yeah, yeah. is bad. Right. Uh, but... No, I think watching these will like just make me love what I've loved from her already. Yeah, a lot. Um, but yeah, with the, the ones I've seen, I guess it's not like I always forget her filmography isn't like huge. No, it's kind of devastating for me actually. <laughs> I had this moment this morning. I was I just like looking at my letterbox stats all the time, and it's like I have so many female directors that are like my like are my fa- definitively like are my favorite directors of all time and so few of them are in like my top watch directors because they just don't have huge filmographies and that's She's, she only has eight movies yeah it's so sad and i've only seen five of them so of course priscilla's in the top three <laughs> uh i feel like well, we'll have to recap. We'll have to revisit this when I finish uh, Marie Antoinette and the Beguiled. Yeah, I definitely, I'd love to hear what you think of all three of them. Okay. Well, anyways, Priscilla's good. That's my final, my final thought on that. Priscilla, I Priscilla, good. Go watch Priscilla. Is my final yeah. thought on that. Okay. Uh, you said your final score is a four and a half. Yeah, it is. Mine was a four. Um, my last question to you. Okay. We're getting towards the end of the year. Oh no. But what's oh no? This is feel it's gonna be. I know what you're gonna ask me, and I don't. I don't think so. Oh, okay. What are you gonna ask me? Would, well, what do you think I was gonna ask you? What are you most excited for throughout the rest of the year? Fuck, I was gonna ask you that. I, I, <laughs> we're literally best friends. I know what you're gonna say to me. I know, <laughs> but, my bad. Um, but I'm well, saying oh no because I'm like oh no I'm gonna forget everything. All like I'm I'm so bad at keeping up with stuff that I'm like Fuck, yeah. Well, this is, so this we is a know test. this. <laughs> We know you were, you know, you were sick with COVID when Kill yeah. the Flower Moon premieres. What's the plan? I actually, now that we're about to wrap, I'm probably going to go to a 1 p.m. showing. Oh, hell yeah. Which is for the, for the people who don't, who aren't looking at the clock with me at this very moment as I record this in the, the present is <laughs> it's 1228 right now. So I'll be able to walk to the theater and, and get into the 1 p.m. Good. Um, oh, I can't wait for your, I'm your really opinion on exci- that one. I'm really excited. Oh. I love that movie. I've seen it twice. I yeah. you have, yeah. I can't, I've been I can't on a, a roll this year with seeing movies twice. If I'm being honest, you have. You've been really good about it this year. I've been yeah. less than good about it this year. Well, that's okay. Yeah. You you catch up towards the end really well. I do. This is true. Um. Mm. So you got to see Kill the Flower Moon. That's probably gonna happen yeah. today. Yeah. We'll get poor things out of the way. I know we're excited for that. I'm very excited for that. Very excited for Boy and the Heron. Oh hell yeah, Boy and the Heron. I like. 
Wait, pause, pause, oh. pause. Did oh. you watch the the English dub trailer? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> how how great is Robert Pattinson he's, as the Heron? He's phenomenal. He's doing like really cool stuff with his voice. I'm like, awesome. re- I'm really excited. I'm, I saw mm. a great tweet that said that like Robert Pattinson is like one of the few people who knows that when you get into do voice work for an anime film, like fucking bring it, man. Yeah, yeah. Don't just talk. Yeah sell it do something yeah. cool like he could have easily done like his like normal voice and like a cool cadence or something yeah. no man he's going full-on goblin mode as yeah. the heron i just from like obviously we have well i haven't seen the movie yet so i'm like i have i know you have but did, i forgot to ask did yours end up being in japanese or was it dubbed it was in Japanese. Okay, okay. So I, I will um, be seeing it a second time in the okay, dub. Okay, so okay. excited. So like, obviously we haven't seen the dub. So like, we don't know. The, the, like we get one, you know, we're getting like a few lines. So who's to say? We'll see how it lands. I think it will land really well. But like, I'd love for Robert Pattinson to be the new like Mark Hamill. And like, just do. Oh, a that would be to, cool. Dude, that'd be. Mark Hamill is an amazing voice actor. Like, he, yeah, he is. is. So, and he's in this too. He's His voice sounded amazing too. But it's like, he's so good at shit like that. And like, it'd be so fun if Robert Pattinson became like our generation's that. Like, I'd love that. I love that. That's a really mm-hmm. good. Uh, I really hope he goes that route. That's a cool, cool idea. Robert, if and you're listening, do it. Robert, if you're listening, please do it. <laughs> I think him as the Heron is such a good sign for this movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can confirm that the Heron, that voice fits the Heron. I'll just say perfect. that. Perfect. That's like, great. When I watched, when I heard him, I'm like, perfect. I was a little nervous because after mm-hmm. watching the movie, I'm like, I know who the Heron is. I know the character. Right. I know the qualities of that character. I'm kind of nervy for Pattinson to do it. Now yes. I'm like, fuck yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're going to love Boy and the Heron. I'm super excited. Um, so I'm excited for that. I'm excited for poor things. Um, I'm feeling optimistically hopeful for Saltburn. Okay. Um, which is as probably as good as it's gonna get for me in Emerald Fennel. Um. <laughs> if I'm being honest, like I I don't think it's a movie that's like pushing any boundaries or like yeah. is even remotely divisive like mm. so i think that most people will go in like they don't like it just because they just like weren't in love with the movie but it's not like yeah it's not promising young woman you know mm. I, I personally don't think it is i think it's very safe which is why like i like it it's like it's just yeah, straightforward thriller black comedy that's uh fun right okay that makes sense um what else i'm Wonka? excited to watch uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited for Wonka. Hey, Paul King is directing Wonka. Have some faith. Okay. <laughs> what about the Iron um, Claw? I am excited for that. I think that will be great. I'm really looking forward to that, actually. Did they um, show, that, show that trailer in Priscilla? Yeah, they played a lot of trailers. I was actually kind of like, I was kind of gobsmacked and a little upset because I was so excited that I got there before the trailers started, which I usually tried to avoid because i feel like nowadays trailers show too much oh they do yeah but i saw all the trailers and there were so many and i was just like oh my god everyone's here it was wild (laughs) (laughs) iron claw i like iron claw looks good i'm excited for iron claw yeah iron claw looks really good um i haven't seen the killer yet i'm excited to watch that oh hell yeah um that godzilla new- minus one. Oh, i'm so excited for godzilla i thought it was out this weekend and i go- like was looking for showtimes like why can't i find mm-hmm. showtimes it's not out until december 1st yeah that's so far away regal's doing early screenings near the end of november 
So annoying. Oh, did you hear the AMC is doing secret screenings now? I did, and I laughed. I was like, you guys want to be us so bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways, continue. Um, uh-oh. Um, I know there's more, but... Let's see. There is uh, um, Origin, which I'm really excited about. That's oh, the new uh, Ava yes. Duvernay. I'm really excited for that. I'm so am I. I'm really, really excited for that. Ava um, Duvernay is super talented. For, uh, Zone mean, of Interest. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited. I haven't watched it yet. It's not. It like didn't screen like barely at all here. But I'm excited to see Anatomy of a Fall. I really want. Oh watch yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I'll write I like that. that. Um, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. Um, you know, I'll uphold the position I've always upheld with that, which is I'm not that excited. <sighs> I've seen it. And so I, I know you have. <laughs> yeah, I would I've say. I've seen your early reactions. Yeah. I know. I think my score is a little too high, if anything. I might have lowered oh, it a little bit. Oh, uh-oh. Yeah. Anyways, um, Sorry, American Fiction, I will say. Really oh, good. I am excited. See, I'm really excited for that, but I forget about it. This is helpful. Yeah, that's a good one. You're, yeah. uh, all of us strangers. Oh, I'm scared for that. <laughs> I'm really. I think. Well, I think I'll probably have like a psychotic break watching that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna hit uh, a little too close to home, and I'm gonna throw up in the theater. I think. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's so funny. You probably will. Well, I probably uh, will. Good luck. I'm very excited. Thank you. Um, is there anything that you haven't seen yet that you're really excited for? Uh, all of us strangers. I've yeah. missed both screenings in LA. One time I was Damn. in Seattle visiting Me. you. Mm. And the other time I was at AFI. No, I was at a stupid Halloween party. Oh, I missed, missed it. it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Ferrari is a big one. I haven't seen that yet. I'm really excited oh, to watch yeah. that. That's I'm a, a thing. big Michael Manhead. Okay. Um, Society of the Snow is the new J.A. Boyana movie, which oh. is kind of like a disaster Wait, film oh. like survival movie do do you did the trailer show the disaster i like, haven't i haven't watched the trailer at all oh. all i know is that it's, uh. it's like a flight it's like an airplane crashes in the mountains <gasps> fuck and like, i love that director so much but that's my biggest fear i don't want to watch yeah, that yeah i mean it's, it's apparently it's really good um okay. i missed it at afi it's supposed to be good and okay. it's exciting because jay bayana last movie he did was a fucking jurassic park movie so it's really exciting oh, that I he's about that. Yeah. stepping back a little bit and doing something a little bit more grounded yeah um, um, but i've heard you good things about that watch that and then tell me if you think i'll freak out well if i'm being honest there's a high chance it gets nominated for best international film so <gasps> i'll have may to watch just it be on the hook to watch it okay i will i really i love that director i just yeah i, I can do it i i'll yeah. be i'll, I believe I'll be fine exposure therapy um, <laughs> I'm excited for Aquaman, if I'm being honest. Okay. I like James Wan. Yeah. Good for you. I'm happy for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that it looks good for you. I'm so happy. Uh, I'm giving Wonka a chance still. Okay. Okay. Uh, Origin for sure. Yeah. Um, May, December is the other big one. Oh, oh yeah. May, December. I'm excited for. I haven't seen the holdovers yet, but I've heard good things about the holdovers. Uh, yeah, I'm. Ex- I'm actually. I'm excited for the holdovers. Sydney too. loved the holdovers. I've heard just amazing things. Yeah, and then uh, Silent Night, which is the new John Woo action movie. Oh yeah, um, that I was fun. Foaming at the mouth for that. 
that's where it's still there's still so much to go cool. in the next two months it's gonna be really exciting stuff yeah oh you cool. know i also i'll be honest i'm not a musical person but i am excited for the color purple same 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 the I color saw purple the, the first round mm, is fine it's okay. it, it's good acting performances but it's definitely a movie that they're like what are you doing spielberg this isn't your story mm. to tell mm. um i'm much more excited for this version yeah and um it looks great yeah it looks the, the tra- that was another trailer that played yesterday before priscilla oh was it yeah it looked it was it looked really good i was like oh my god i will say if the strike continues into december though mm. if there's any movies i see me delayed it's the color purple oh you reckon I think it's a movie that wants to play for the Oscars so badly. Mm. And if those actors can't be out there campaigning for it, mm. I could see it happening. I could. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I see it. But we'll see. We'll see. Oh, man. All right. Well, okay. uh, I'll say the movie I'm not excited for. Uh, anyone oh. but you. I wish I was excited for you. I am not. Uh, that's the rom-com with Glenn Powell and Sidney Sweeney. Oh, I was like, what are you talking about? We've talked about this yeah. movie a lot. Um, yeah, it's a movie I, I want to uh, be excited for so badly. Uh, I'm not. Are you going to go see the new Meg Ryan romantic comedy? Uh, maybe. Oh, I have some free time. We'll see. I'm trying to go see it this week with my mom because I know my mom will actually want to go to the movies for that. Oh, fun. You should. Let me know how it is. I'll, oh, yeah, I'll let you know. There's a movie that we didn't talk about that we kind of should mention. This is oh. a good segue to the ending of this podcast. What is it? That's a little movie called The Hunger Games Ballad of Oh my god, I'm so excited. Yes, I'm so excited. So that movie comes out in a couple of weeks. I, I mentioned this because over on Patreon, so if you enjoyed this episode, check us out on Patreon. Uh, for the month of November, Clara and I are revisiting the Hunger Games franchise yes. one by one. Yes. We will be discussing each movie in preparation for Ballad of Snakes and Songbirds. Birds. Songbirds. Songy birds and snakes. Okay. Yeah. We can call it that. (laughs) (laughs) So if you uh, love the Hunger Games, want to hear us talk about it, check us out on Patreon. Yeah. um, Because we'll be doing a deep dive into each of those movies. I may Mm. even try to read those books in time. Don't know if I'll have time. Going to try to, though. You keep Um, saying that, and I'm starting to be like, "Hmm, I don't know, but like. (laughs) It's it's okay if you don't. I'll I'm just try. I'm trying. I know you are. I know you are. You're, uh, you're Attack on Titan on. premieres today at five o'clock. I'm nervous, yeah. Clara. I'm so nervous. I'm really scared, but I am happy because I'm I'm starting to get like TikTok edits of Attack on Titan, but it's okay because I'm caught up finally, so I can yeah. watch them. Careful today though, because the Japanese Whoa. version it already premiered in Japan. Oh, shit. Okay, well, I, so, I used up my time for TikTok today anyway, so okay, I won't good. be on TikTok anymore today. Be careful, because it did premiere already over there. Um, yeah, for those who want to know, we did recap the entire show on Patreon as well. Yeah. I can't watch it until like 9 o'clock tonight. Oh, shoot. I'll probably watch it just whenever I'm done with Killers of the Just Flower don't Man. text me about it. I'm so nervous. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Anyways, everybody, thank you so much for listening to our episode on Priscilla. Like yeah. I said, check us out on Patreon. If you can't support on Patreon, which you can subscribe to for free now. But if oh, you yeah. can't do that, don't worry about it. Uh, just listening to this public episodes are helpful enough. Yeah. Uh, rate and review on Apple and Spotify. Yes, please. Clara? Joe? I'll see you. Uh, I'll talk to you soon because we're talking about the Hunger Games soon. Right. And uh, everybody else, have a wonderful day, night, week, and weekend. And we'll see you next week. Bye.